Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cross Pods podcast. I'm Lydia Champole, and this week we will be playing you an episode of the More Sybil podcast, hosted by Mo Sybil. Here is a super quick intro on the amazing life story you will be hearing today. This is the much anticipated story of the other woman, aka Diana Escobedo, or Diana, as Mo fondly calls her. Because you get more listening to the show, we also explored her life. In addition to the unique role she plays in our lives, Diana comes with her own story. She was raised in Mexico and grew up in a less traditional household where children were given free reign to explore their unique individuality. With this flippant freedom, Diana found herself pregnant at 16, yet she pushed through this and completed medical school only to be bedridden for almost two years, with her liver failing and a looming diagnosis of the autoimmune condition rheumatoid arthritis, she was at the brink of death. Listen to hear more on how Diana turned all of this around, broke the family cycle of alcoholism, found purpose in her suffering, and her suggestions for how to not give up on your own dreams too. Diana is now a licensed family medicine practitioner and will be opening up her clinic in the El Paso area with a focus on providing care to low-income families. You can hear more about the key people that helped her get from there to here. You can also follow Mo on all social media platforms at Mo Sybil and listen to more episodes on all podcast listening platforms. Okay, let's jump right in. Hey guys, I want to remind you that I do have a Patreon page for those that are not familiar with that. It's an easy way for um, those interested in my work to see new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. And it's also an opportunity to contribute to the show to help with a project that we rolled out and as well as the opportunities I have to give back to the community by contributing as little as $1 per month. Yes, I do not discriminate against money. You can actually contribute to the show. As one of my listeners and supporters, I'd like to invite you to be a stakeholder on the show as well. If you're interested in becoming one of my patrons, please help me and lay the foundation for what I hope to be a great ongoing project, the most of show. If you're not in a position to become my patron to financially contribute to the show, that's no worries at all. Your support still means the world to me. Another way you can help is to spread the word. Every time you get announcements about new episodes, please share it on your page and maybe even add in a few words about what each episode means to you and things like that. So thank you all and I do appreciate your support and for giving me courage to keep this platform going. Now, enjoy the show. Hello? Hello. Hey. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you once again for accepting. I don't know how long this invitation has been pending. (laughs) I know. I think three years. (laughs) I think three years. The moment I saw you, I was like, there's a story right there. But (laughs) time is good because that way people can get to, you know, that level of self-determination. And whenever they're ready, they come on the show. So... I'm very excited to think that I went all the way to Mexico, not just because of this, like carrying all of my podcast equipment, thinking we could get it done while we're in Mexico, but then it didn't happen. <laughs> and oh, then, of course, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Diana is always right. I should always remember that. And yeah, but I'm glad, you know, um, you're being in El Paso and mountain time and be, me being here in DC on Eastern time, like two hours of time between us, but making it happen so thank you so much hello everyone i am mosido and this is the more civil podcast
everyone. Uh, welcome back to the show. This is the Morrisable Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads, designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Morrisable, Nigerian born, US educated, Korean speaking, wandering intellectual. It is said that in a man's life, there are many kinds of women. This is mom, this is wife, this is first love, second love, third love. How can you see of a man who has um, the other woman in his life? For some of you that don't know, um, we have a little bit of family secret. Taiwan and I, Taiwan's my husband, by the way. Um, for three years, he has lived with another woman. And we'll explore why that was, the relationship they've had. It's a very uh, unconventional situation, but very well approved by yours truly. And as a matter of fact, I think I was a little bit responsible for the setup. You know, <laughs> approached her, I'm like, hey, would you like to live with my husband? And she was like, sure. And the rest is to say, you know, it's history. Three years later, here we are with this lady. Don't worry, we're not going to be shouting at each other or pulling each other's hair, like, you know, <laughs> novella style. It's very civil, you know. We still went on vacation together some weeks ago. So, like I told you, it's a very unconventional situation. And I love it because I've, I think I gained more from it. I mean, they had some gains as well. Not in the kind of game that you're thinking, get your heads out of the <laughs> But um, <laughs> we've had just such a beautiful relationship with this person, gotten to know her family, you know, traveled with her and her family as well. And she's really helped my husband be a better person for me. So I have gained a lot. Um, so everyone, uh, this is a very special person to me. So it's my pleasure to in- in- introduce Dr. Diana Serida Escobedo to the show. And her story, aside from, you know, just how our relationship formed, her story as a whole, um, leading up until when we met her, is nothing short of, you know, a phenomenal and she just shows the amazing strength of the human being when there's determination and courage. And in addition to all of you know the stuff I talked about earlier, I hope that those listening to this can also, you know, get some strength that can help them in their own journey. So, anyways, um, Diana, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm Diana, and um, how I met Malani and Taiwo. Uh, was like she said very unconventional and it was I think uh, I don't know if I can talk about this but it was very God sent. Which very um, true. It's just what it is, yeah. Yes, it is because mm-hmm. I had already looked for another, you know, for someone to help me live in Las Cruces since I was living in El Paso, and I asked her if I could, you know, share uh, her big apartment and I, I was like well that's sad because she was the only girl that was in the class with us in residency mm-hmm. um so the next the very next day you called me and it was like what <laughs> um, yeah. um I didn't even have to search for another partner you know yeah got sent it <laughs> and it was and it was God sent, yeah, because yeah. we, your husband and I had this journey together and we were each other's backs all the time. So uh-huh. it was meant to be. I think so too. So for just a better context for those that are wondering what this is about. So Diana lives in El Paso. She actually has a house in El Paso, Texas. And she got into residency in Las Cruces, which is like an hour away from El Paso. And she needed a place to stay for her, you know, internship well residency 
you know, during the week so she can go back home on the weekends. And the plan she had fell through. And I met her at the, a party on July 4th. And I remember her just talking to me, and I thought, there's something about this lady I wanted to explore. She's very interesting, you know, um, friendly and just a nice person to chat with. And I met her daughter, I met her son, Andres, and then we just got talking, and I realized that, oh, they might have a housing situation as far as had, you know, finding a place to stay in Las Cruces. And meanwhile, my husband had just moved there for his residency during the same program. I mean, we got like two beds, you know, two bed apartments. One bed was going to be there. I wasn't going to be living there because, you know, I had work and all that. And you know, I spoke to Tywo later that day, like, hey, I met one of your classmates, and she, it seems like she might be looking for an apartment. I think you guys should talk and see, you know, if we can be a good fit and all that. And, yeah, and, and that's how it just worked out. And I'm glad it did. Yeah, I wondered, I wondered how that had happened because I think I had told him. And then he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna check with my with my wife." And <laughs> he did. I for, he forgot. He forgot. Oh, really? I, I, I yeah. bet or you. Or yeah. he probably thought that you were gonna say, "Are you crazy?" I know, right? Bring out the Nigerian dramatic girl, and you're like, "How dare you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's like any conventional people. Yeah. They don't want another girl living with your husband, right? I know. That's not a Spanish fire like you. Yeah. Like it was just like, girl, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and here I was, I was thinking that okay, oh, there's a lady in the house. Um, of course yeah. it would be good for Taiwan. Uh, I mean, to have some some women. He's actually here, by the way, and I don't want him here. What are you doing here? I'm recording Taiwan. What you want to say hi to Dad? Qué pasa, calabaza? Qué pasa, Taiwan? Uh, just sneaking in on you guys, trying to hear what you're talking, <laughs> talking about. about I bet, I bet. <laughs> your roommate arrangement. No worries, Taiwo. I'm going to talk about you all this freaking time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys have fun. <laughs> I'm recording okay. now. Don't come back in. Please. Yeah, so I think the advantage for me would be, one, you taught him how to how he wasn't able to go shopping, you know, because that was that person that I uh-huh. if I wanted to shop for stuff. He he thought that his life was just going out of him every time I took him around you know, the mall and trying to shop. Really? He didn't, he I, didn't like I it. wouldn't know. <laughs> well, you didn't know, and that was the beauty of it because you, you just did it innocently, and I was like, oh, he changed. Like seriously, then like, you did a lot. You walked, you know, did a number on him. He he didn't mind shopping anymore. In fact, he he would sometimes say, "Let's go to the mall." Let's he likes it. Stuff. He likes it. Turned yeah. out he did. <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> Another thing was the manicure and pedicure. Do you know how many years I had been begging him to let's go to the spa together and get his you know, nails done? No, and all that no. I think no, it's too girly. Then I took him to the spa one too time, girly. and that was it. <laughs> I, no, I would always tell him, I want to go, I want to go. And he went by himself. Wait, he went by himself? Yeah. I didn't even know that part. I thought you took him there. Oh, my no, gosh. I would always tell him, Ty, well, we need to go, we need to go. And then I think I was on vacation, and he went oh. without me. And I'm like, what the hell, Ty, well? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that part. <laughs> <laughs> and the last but not the least, I mean, you know how... You can get crazy, you know, the Mexican in you and all that. 
And he thought I was the most crazy person he's ever met. But when he met you, it was almost like, wow, my wife is an angel. So thank you so much for bringing out that Latina fire because without that, I would just be like a super lady, like the most, you know, crazy wife, the most fiery wife. But he saw all of that Latina fire you brought out and was like, oh, Pauline, you're just an angel. You have an idea. Don't worry. I have dealt with that and I can deal with you. So you've done a lot of wonders for our marriage. You saved us a you lot of money what? on marriage I, counseling. Go ahead, I sorry. Think, I think uh, he also got to understand kind of like the Latino culture because he says that he, his brother is oh, also married, to, Puerto Rican, married yeah. to a Latina. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was kind of like we're we're difficult people. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know, I mean, um, he grew up in women because I mean, he has a lot. He has more sisters than brothers, but it's different when you're in yeah. a relationship, and because he's like the baby of the house, like him and his twin brother. There's only uh-huh. so much, you know, the power balance isn't so much, you know, on their side, because you know they were doted upon yeah. the babies of the house, and then now you're in a relationship where the power balance is almost like fifty-fifty sometimes. And so for him, it was like, yeah. who the heck is this person I married? And but just meeting you did a lot of wonders because you are the only woman he's ever lived with, like you know, longer. As, yes. Yeah, like and, a non-wife, you know, and, or non-work wife. That yeah. is. <laughs> I guess, and I guess he he we had to keep it a little bit civil because we're not married. I know. So there's only so much you can do. <laughs> but. But we did get in a, into a lot of heated fights, and oh, especially yeah. at the beginning and at the end yeah. of residency. Yeah. I mean, because at the beginning, you're first, you know, trying, trying to, to get to know yeah. someone. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end, well, we were chief residents together, so we we kind of do things differently. He's very... Um, like type A personality. Yeah, yeah. And I'm more like, oh, let's go with the really? flow. Yeah. Let's go with this. <laughs> oh, this book seems like a good idea. Let's do it. And uh, yeah. that would drive yeah. me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It did. <laughs> uh, and I'm type A, but I think Ty was like type A plus because Almost like there's no room for yeah. flexibility. It has to, you have to go with a plan, you know, do it this way. And yeah, I'm like, with the oh. plan, with the schedule, mm. with like everything has to be like like this. Yeah. A yeah. square. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So that's that that was so I wanna say thank you so much. Um you we're gonna keep talking about you. You've become a standard in our household. And for a good reason, you know, so for those that are thinking of ways to help their, you know, maybe babysit their husband for free. And it didn't even cost me anything, by the way. You know, it was no cost to me. (laughs) But you know what helped me, though, that my husband's kind of the same way. Really? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you have a thing for type A men. Look at you just attracting them like Uh, you. I think so. (laughs) You are the common denominator. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. So um, you completed residency, and I can, I mean, I know all of the drama that happened in your residency program. I just want to even commend you and Taiwo. They were coaches, by the way. You guys gave such an amazing speech. You know, yours was especially 
I mean, Tyra's was really good, but yours had this component. I mean, I was crying when I heard yours because, you know, it had a lot of elements that I know was so um, typical of your story. So I think one big one was your dad. And I just want, you know, just can give us a little bit of a background for those that might be curious about you know, why I mentioned that. Um, well, my dad was, I don't know, um, Mexican culture kind of um, normalizes alcohol drinking. Mm. And, and so my dad was an alcoholic, but out of everything, that was his only bad thing. Mm. Everything else was good. My dad, um, my dad was kind of like a hippie person. Mm. He was all about peace and love and rock and roll. Mm. And he raised me with three other boys that were older, much older than me. So I was kind of like the baby always. And my dad had this vision of how the world should be mm. and he thought that children were very important in that vision oh. of you know so he read a lot um he had a big collection of books um especially philo philosophy so um he read this philosopher um osho it's O-S-H-O. I know. Yeah. One of the, yeah? Yeah, know, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that he, uh, he's very big about is letting children be. Free reign, so, I think, yeah. Yeah. So there's no discipline. There's no nothing. So my dad pretty much gave us that unconditional love treatment to all of us and we all turned out very different <laughs> i can imagine how that was uh, impacted the men more than the you know more than you being the girl you know like the boys versus exactly, the girl because men yeah. I, I don't know I, they require I more than just love i, I tell you <laughs> yes i don't agree completely with my dad um, <laughs> but i think i came out really well not perfect but i think it helped me not to grow up with the stereotypical macho culture mm. that in Mexico is very big. You know, like yeah. women are supposed to be in the kitchen and they're not supposed to go to school and um, you marry, you have children. Right? It sounds a lot like Nigerian culture. Like, it's so similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, there's a lot of shifting in Mexican culture now. Women drink a lot, and now the they're power. you know <laughs> trying to very yeah very empowered drinking and not having children and not marrying things like that. Um, but I, I since my dad and my mom kind of let me do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I got pregnant really early on, you know? Yeah. And I got pregnant at 16. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and I was still in high school. It was my senior year in high school. So. In Mexico, uh, right? Well, in Mexico. Yes, I just wanted to give the listeners a context. Yeah. 
yes, in Mexico. So I I went to school like that, you know, pregnant. <laughs> Wait, were you the only pregnant girl in school, like Juno, or you had other? No, I mean, no, it was like two or three more. Oh, so it wasn't very awkward. That were pregnant, but oh, okay. It 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 was because oh, really? everyone's like everyone wants to know. You know, and then you're like kind of like the talk of the school, mm. but I didn't really care. I was like, I didn't really care. And then when I started showing, I kept going and I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my, well, obviously everyone knew, but I didn't tell them. Anyone. Well, what did your dad say? Yeah. I'm just curious to hear how <laughs> far of it. My dad was funny. Like he was, he knew even before I told anyone it was crazy yeah he saw me one day and he was like you know if you were to be pregnant it's okay you can tell me and i hadn't told anyone but my my ex my the baby's dad and it was crazy i was like shocked and i didn't tell him i didn't tell him because i was still like I didn't know how he was going to react, but I know, I knew that he, out of all people, he was going to be the one that would protect me and yeah, he would support me and everything. But my mother, on the other hand, I was afraid of her, (laughs) so I didn't want him to tell my mom yet. And so days passed and I told my mom and obviously she got really upset and my dog, t- my dad talked to me and he was like, what do you want to do? You know, if you stay with us, your mom is going to make a living hell out of your life. And I don't know if you want that. So hmm. he kind of gave me permission to go and live with the baby's dad. Oh, wow. Which... Uh, yeah, which I was like, I don't know if I want that either. <laughs> but my dad was very good at talking to people. So he talked to the baby's dad and he was like, you know, what's expected of you is to take care of her and, you know, all those things. So I left and lived with my baby's dad, with the baby's dad yeah. for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. which was horrible but I don't know if you want me to talk about that you can talk about it if you're comfortable talking I know the story but you can talk about it if you want to well it was good for about maybe six months then um, he started changing he started partying and acting different towards me so I started noticing um, women calling his cell phone and things like that one day. He would go out maybe when we had a lot of discussions and we had heated fights. He would beat me up um, before this happened. And that day my mom and dad came to the house and helped me get my son out of the house. And I just grabbed my son and his stuff. And I left. Wow. I left all my things in his house, everything. Yeah. Wow. How old is Andres then, your son? He was probably a year and a half. Hmm. Yeah. After that, maybe 
a year passed and I started feeling really, really sick. Mm -hmm. Um, my hair started falling out. I, I started medical school when Andres was like maybe two months old. So I was already in medical school and I was taking a class in, um, what is it? Immunology, maybe? Immunology. Mm -hmm. Yes, immunology. And I started noticing all the, we started learning about rheumatoid and lupus and all of that. And mm -hmm. I noticed all the symptoms that were listed there. I had them all. I had like uh, my hair falling out, the fatigue, the pain in the shoulders, mostly. I could not, like my weight, I was, I was so underweight. I was like a stick. I was living with my parents. My parents were working and well, I had to take care of the baby when they were working and it was very difficult. So I got diagnosed with rheumatoid and at the beginning, they, they didn't, they didn't know or they didn't believe me that I had rheumatoid and I was like, I'm telling you, I have rheumatoid. <laughs> Just do the test. <laughs> and, and the doctor was like, no, you're fine. You're too young for that, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, they did the test, and I came back. They came all back positive. So wow. um, they started. I started treatment with the rheumatologist um, in Juarez, and um, he started treating me with, Metotrexate and oral medications. That, yes. Oh, <laughs> so I started having a lot of nausea, vomiting. The fatigue and the pain got a little bit better, but uh, the the treatments weren't working. Mm. So <clears throat> I went through medical school. Well, with this new attitude, you know, like after I got diagnosed, I thought. I didn't have much time to like enjoy life yeah. because you know, the, the treatments were not that great at great that anymore. time. And the side effects too, what's probably worse than uh -huh. how you felt about the disease itself. Yes. Yeah. It was side effects and it was horrible. So I pushed through medical school, you know, trying to study and <clears throat> taking care of the baby. And I wanted to be at the top of the class. So that's what I did. I tried to do my best and be on the top of the class. And I wasn't number one, but I was up there. Hmm. So, yeah. And this is with your son and having, I mean, having a child you're dealing with. And then your medical issues as well so that's quite amazing Diana yeah mm -hmm. yeah it, and it was it was tough man because also I with the separation from his dad and all of that I think that that was what turned into the rheumatoid so I think it was stress induced um, right yeah was there any I family history it of it stress do you have any autoimmune you know my, issues on both sides of your family I think my my grandmother has rheumatoid, but she doesn't have it diagnosed because she doesn't like to go to the doctor. <laughs> and <laughs> and she's, she's probably too old for that now. <laughs> yeah. 
And she's 82. Wow. So and she's managed this alone for that many, for that long. But I think it's because she's so active and and she's happy and she works and she has so many things to to do okay. that I don't know how she does it, but I think she does have rheumatoid. She doesn't have it diagnosed. And her sister, who lives here in the United States, did get diagnosed when she was young, like in her 30s. Oh. But other than that, I don't know of anyone else that has it. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, what else do you want to know? <laughs> so I'm just, I think when I heard your story, first she didn't want to look at it. And until you showed me your pictures, because you were, I mean, rheumatoid arthritis, before you found a way to, in a way, put it under control. Now, when I say control, you have it better now than, as far as the medications, how they've balanced it, than you had it before. Because I remember you telling me that there was a time you were bedridden for a prolonged period of time. And this was after yes. medical school. And, but then you bounced back then. Uh, like you, you came back, you know, you finished all the requirements you did, you needed to do. And then apply for residency and all of that. I mean, that, you don't look it. When I saw you, when you told me about it, I was like, okay, <laughs> cool story. But... <laughs> And well, that was our first meeting, right? Because we talked a lot that first time I met. Yeah. But the more I got to hear oh, your story okay, more, yeah. yeah, the more I got to hear your story more, and I could, you know, hear more of the backstory. I was like, wow, it, it's just I, incredible. I just think that uh, I decided that early on when I got diagnosed, yeah, that I wasn't, I wasn't gonna talk about that. Mm. Like, it's not gonna be what I am. It's going to be, you know, something that I need to take care of and manage and yeah. live with my whole life. But I don't want people to see me as the girl that has rheumatoid and can't do anything. Well, girl, know? we don't even see that at all. So good job. <laughs> so you're already becoming, because of this, it's become in spite of this. Yes. Yes. Amazeball. So when I was bedridden, it was. Probably when I when I was 26. So yeah. I started working over here in in, um, in a clinic for about two years after medical school, and I was feeling great. I had medication. I had everything. You had good insurance, um, so I think you said. <laughs> I had good insurance. Yes. So I, I started having what what's called biologics that's um, yeah, IV infusions yeah, for yeah. the rheumatoid arthritis. You go to the clinic. So and that to you in the clinic. For those that are wondering, you go into the hospital. They someone administers it to you. I think was it a monthly thing for you, or how often were you having them? Um. Yes, it was every month. Monthly injections. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, Infusion. Sorry. Go ahead. So that made me feel so good that I started doing everything right. So. Yeah. I was feeling good, and uh, I decided to start doing the steps, um, the USMLE, and all of that to um, start residency in the U.S. And I went to Chicago uh, with this new drug that the rheumatology had given me that was injectable instead of IV. Mm -hmm. And over there 
here in Chicago, I started feeling really bad, really sick. I would sleep a lot. And when I came back from Chicago, I went to the rheumatologist and my liver was failing. Uh oh. So, yeah. So I, the fatigue was so bad that I couldn't stay awake more than two to four hours a day. Oh, jeez. And, and um, I wasn't hungry and whatever they offered me, like, um, I would throw up. So it was just sleeping and trying to eat. <laughs> and uh, I was bedridden for about a year and a half. Um, and then before I went to Chicago, I met Andrew, who, and we started dating, and it was pretty new. So that's the love of her life, by the way. She has a lot of Andrews or Andres that she's surrounded. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused with her son, Andres. Andrew, we're going to talk about Andrew in a bit, but go ahead. It's nice to put that out there for the listeners. Okay. So Andrew is half Korean. Yes. And <laughs> He's so cute, guys. He's so <laughs> lovable and cute. I can't stay at him for too long without, you know, being accused of something else. So, yeah, <laughs> just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. So he obviously comes from a different culture, different, you know, upbringing, and he's not macho at all. <laughs> which is good and for her so, by the way just um, what she's trying to say yeah me. yeah yeah <laughs> so we were maybe six months into dating when i went to chicago and this guy absolutely loved me so loved so, or loves uh, <laughs> well he still loves me but he loved me even more back then <laughs> yeah 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 so six months and i came back from chicago and he gave me a promise ring and when he when we went to the doctor and you know i was really really sick he wouldn't even he wouldn't even say that i looked like a ghost because i was so pale and just like not looking good at all and um he decided to stay with my mom and myself and my son um, just to take care of me because I couldn't even get out of bed by myself, take a shower, eat, um, take my son to school, things that I could do before. Hmm. So he stayed. He stepped in, basically. um, He did everything. Barely dating. And that was really tough for both of us because, I mean... We didn't know each other much. It was six months, you know, and he had to do all these things for me. And I kept telling him to leave me because it wasn't fair for him. Yeah. Like, at that point, to be like, what are you getting out of this relationship? Like, I'm not even myself uh, anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it has but... to be stubbornness, which I, you know, totally relate with. <laughs> Your, your sense of, yeah, your sense of rationality, like, you know, what are you getting out of this? Um, this is weird. Get out of here, you psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, I don't, I didn't know how I was going to deal with it, but I didn't think it was fair for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, he had, I don't know, I talk about God a lot. Yeah. Um, he he had prayed 
for a girlfriend and he had told God that if he gave him a girlfriend, he was going to take care of her. Whoa. So that's what he was doing. And this was yeah. a bad girl could do for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> everything from the beginning i agree because his name oh my god andrew really i know which was your your um ex's name as well david andres i mean andres is the mexican spanish form of andrew yeah so you have a lot of andrew in your lineage <laughs> yes that was why he decided to take care of me and do all these things which is amazing i guess and so he, in his mind, he thought that I was going to get better. And in my mind, I thought I was going to die. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, this is the end. But because nobody could figure out why my liver was failing and they wouldn't treat it. That was a wonder, that was a wonder drug then. It was, the, it, was the end, it was the third line, right, I think? It, it's a... Uh, On the second line? Mira. Oh, yeah. But it was, well, that was like the standard, you know, like it was the standard. It was the Cadillac trip. And if you were afraid yes. of that, it was like, what are we going to do with her? We don't know. Yeah. You know, like they were totally like, well, deal with it. You know, they they didn't know what to do. They didn't treat me. There was no liver specialist in El Paso. Oh, wow. So they tried to send, yeah, they tried to send me to Dallas. Um, There was someone coming from Dallas every once in a while. But they wouldn't accept Medicaid, which uh -oh. was what I had because I wasn't working and I couldn't work. And so wait, we waited, we waited. Um, I started becoming a little bit more close to God because at that time I was a freaking atheist. I did okay. not believe in God. I I believed that with you know, you could do anything. And if you put your mind on it, on whatever, you could do anything. And, well, God proved me wrong, I guess. And I started I started praying a lot. Uh, Andrew's mom is very Christian, so she started pulling me to, you know, praying and yeah. the Bible and all of that. So one of those days that I was, sleeping for a hundred hours a day i i dreamt about god telling me that it was all gonna be okay and that he was gonna take all my disease away mm. and yeah and he gave me that faith to keep going and andrew kept trying to help me with everything so um my liver's kind of stabilized and and then i found 
a liver specialist and finally he found it and he treated me for two months and I was almost back to normal well at least I could be awake more time yeah and eat so I started you know I was so wasted like my muscles were just wasted I couldn't yeah. walk I'm Walking glad to clarify so that because wasted could mean something else but <laughs> That was a poorly time joke. Even that you're late. I know. Like, basically, she was listless. She was very tired. She couldn't. She didn't because she hasn't been. She hadn't been, you know, mobile for that long. She couldn't probably walk. For, yeah. For how long were you yeah. bedridden for? Maybe a year and a half. What? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And Andrew yeah. was still there. Yeah. Not always say that. That guy requires his own. And we need to pray to a separate saint, Saint Andrew. No, he needs to be kind of nice as a saint. I don't know. How many <laughs> men can stay behind? Like, seriously. When None. Have, and that's you need to so talk to him like a state of mind. None. <laughs> yes. Bring him on the show. I, yeah, you know, you yes, you need to talk to him about what, what it was to do that because it was horrible. <laughs> and, okay, so, and he was working and studying. Oh, whoa. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a perfect excuse. You know what, Diana? I love you so much, but I got to go take care of my school and my work stuff. Kira, can I see you in two years' time? All right. Let's send a calendar. I'll send you the calendar. Don't worry. Don't worry. I have your email. I have your phone number. Bye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was tough. It was tough. Once I started walking, I I can't stay at home. I'm just like, I need to do something with my life all the time. So I started working part-time okay. as a scribe in the ER. And you finished everything you needed to do, and then your health became a little bit better, yeah. and then you applied. I applied. Yeah. I applied. Yeah. And you kept going. You yeah. kept going. Yeah. I think what I just wanted to pick up from there is just to, and people see you now, people will see you now, but like, oh my gosh, you're so accomplished, which you are, but there's a lot that had to go, you know, <laughs> You've had to go through a lot of life events, adverse life events. You know, your health, losing your dad, losing taking care of your your son, and all of those things that led you up onto here. People don't really get to see that, and I wanted to you to share that, and also to encourage listeners that maybe you might find themselves in situations like teenage pregnancy or giving up on your dreams because of health issues. Diana, if you had quit your dreams of going into medical school. Nobody would have blamed you for it because, oh, she was really, really sick. But you kept pushing on. You kept pushing on. So I want to ask you, for those that might be listening that probably give up on a dream because of legitimate reasons or excuses, and they still feel like, okay, I gave up on something. I want to get back on there. What kind of words would you like to say to them as a way to kickstart that dream of theirs again? I think um, you have to separate yourself from the disease or from Hmm. the bad situation and say, you know, that's not going to define you. It's just something you have to deal with and and just keep doing what you're doing, you know, little by little. Because if, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, so you have to do it little by little, but if you can't, there's this, I don't know where I read this, but if you can't, if you can't fly, then run. And if you yeah. can't run, then walk. Yeah. And if you can't walk, then crawl. Crawl, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's 
That's how I see myself. But girl, you've done more than crawling, girl. You've flown across. No, you've you've flown across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> you've done more than just crawling. And yeah, very encouraging. But that's how I see myself. Yeah, crawling when you know I have this rheumatoid flare or whatever. I'm just like, okay, today I'm gonna crawl. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, how are you managing it now? Like, you know, um, are you still on those dialogics? I, yes. Um, okay. I go to the office every month and I get the IV infusions for about an hour or two. And then um, I get really sick on that day. But um, if I sleep a little bit that day, then the next day is better. Uh, I have a lot of side effects. Oh, I see. Like, like an option because of the infusions and all that. Okay. Yeah, I started with some diarrhea every day, abdominal pain. My hair falls out a little bit, and then I started getting the rash, the psoriasis. Uh, which which medication are you on? Which one are you on? I am. It's called Orencia. Oh, Abatacept. Yes. Yeah. But I've been on all of them except. Richardson and Enbro. Those okay. are the two that I have not tried, but I've been on every other one. And I must commend you. I mean, you talked about your dad being an alcoholic, and you've been very good with that because you know, the few times we've hung out together, you're very strict about, you know, not having alcohol and all of that. So, well, on you. <laughs> well, the thing is that, yeah, well, that's another part of my life. <laughs> we didn't talk about but <laughs> uh, obviously when you have an alcoholic dad those traits are genetic so I was an alcoholic you were? yeah oh that was before the IRA kicked in yeah I think I remember you saying that yeah yeah so I drank Wednesday through Sunday wow. and binge drank and yeah it was yeah something just you know flashed across my mind and I I might get into trouble for saying this perhaps Mm -hmm. perhaps the IRA was a protective factor for you not to have gone into an early grave because with IRA you cannot even drink you know because you leave uh, given your the hepatic failure you had perhaps all of this that happened you know to you was a way to protect you from just you know going down that path Exactly. And, okay, and I'm, I'm glad like you're great. Because I, I didn't want to offend you or your process. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and like I said, it's, it's God's plan. Like after the whole liver thing and all that, I wasn't that bad anymore because I had Andrew. Mm-hmm. So I had cut down a lot maybe six months prior to getting the liver problem. But... I realized that I was an alcoholic and that I needed to stop. Hmm. And after that, I did not drink at all. Thank you for sharing that. And I love what you said about keeping yourself separate from the disease. Hmm. Uh, Regardless of whether we have um, a disease condition or not, for those that might be listening, it could be a situation, perhaps you, you suffer some abuse or things that have held you back. So you can insert X, X being disease or abuse, whatever, you know, reason you're 
using as a way not to you know go live out your dream find a way to separate yourself and and just keep going you know what your potential are or people around you can tell you speak to what they think you can be better at but don't don't settle for less especially if you know you can go just a little bit you know extra a little bit of a mile extra like keep going and it's all like diana i mean she's 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 amazing she's you know done with residency now she's going to start you know her business soon um providing care for people in el paso which is really wonderful and life life is you know she's going to be uphill from now on and whatever life throws at her guess what she's quite equipped at dealing with it because she's been through a lot of shitty situations excuse my french so yeah that's just the, <laughs> that's just the hope for um bringing her on the show so you guys can get to get from story of a phenomenal woman that went through all of that went back to school after a teenage pregnancy didn't let that hold her back and you know got her degree went to the residency which was <laughs> we're never gonna talk about the drama in the residency <laughs> program but let's just say uh, i had a lot because my husband and her yeah, were like coaches oh jeez and but you know they're here now and and i'm sure you also had a lot of help you know between your your mom helping out with andres and andrew helping out so the, you had a lot of help as well but in addition to the help you got a lot of it was also motivated by you because you had to dictate to the rest of the people around you okay this is what i need help with if you didn't articulate your needs they probably not have been able to help you yes and that's that's what i learned from being bedridden if you don't tell people what you need they can't know they they can't just magically know yeah what you need yeah how was it easy asking for help because i still find it you know i i still struggle with that and i think for you you had to get to that point where you were you were, you couldn't even move anymore and i couldn't even walk <laughs> i couldn't even talk that, that probably that probably oh, like decimated you more oh jeez when i wanted to ask for help i had to think how to say it too because i was so frustrated and sick and Ugh. but sometimes when i asked for help it looked like it sounded more like an order than <laughs> than it than a help you know asking for help but i think it's mostly in our heads because in that stage already people kind of know that okay she can't like talk as much as before but then they they're more than happy to help for them to even say they want to be around you to help you they they're basically just saying use me anyhow so in our head it's also like we're commanding them but maybe they have over time they probably don't think of it that way maybe not yeah yeah but hey well good so excited about starting a business and providing care and all that yes okay i i i'm just waiting for my checkers license and we're going to start our own clinic it's going to be on the east side right and it's going to be called guess how it's going to be called andres saint andres no shut the front door no 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 i didn't even see that coming no no <laughs> no no i was just joking when i wasn't joking when i said that about your husband really <laughs> yes Oh, yeah. Okay, and now I'm crying. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm standing my mic with my tears. Oh my gosh. Oh, what a, what a gift. What a gift. <laughs> you know, in honor and, and just just your husband and all that. Just everything is is you guys have done together. Oh. Yeah. 
They're gonna be. I'm gonna be affiliated with the hospitals of Providence. Ooh, so you're gonna be helping a lot of low. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. But then I'm getting like ghost pimples. Like, yes, because they have to. Oh my gosh! I'm getting like ghost pimples just thinking about. Think about how everything. I didn't even. Okay, I knew she was getting a business. I knew she was, re- but I didn't know all of these details, guys. So, trust me, I'm just hearing this for the first time. So it's shocking to me. So everything that helped you get to where you are, you're kind of giving back. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it, it's all, all for God's plan. Okay. Um. Well, let's set a date. We should we should bring you back on the show maybe years down the line, just to talk about you know the yeah. business and things yeah. you guys do for the community and all of that. Yeah. I might even probably, you know what? I know I'm going to come to El Paso. I'm coming back. I mean, we're going to see each other anyways because we're family friends now. <laughs> Along the line, I'm going to come do a video documentary of your hospital and what you guys do. Yeah. Okay. I'm coming yeah, to myself to that. Yeah. Yes. Once you set it down. I am thinking and, of. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking of, I'm go ahead. Of, um, maybe, you know, getting a little bit more involved with politics and all that. Ooh. So we can help. Level. Yeah. Yes, please fix the healthcare system, especially for people with, you know, often diseases yeah. like, you know, RA, because that continuity of care should never be broken. Yeah, um, when we were dealing with all of these things, my, we're thinking of, you know, how to people that rheumatoid. And that should, that should be the last thing on your, on your mind cost when you're dealing with such a horrible disease. Okay, yeah. So we were thinking, you know, going back, we're thinking um, when we were dealing with all of that, uh, with me being bedridden and all that, not having insurance, which is a big, you know, component yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, we were thinking of doing like a foundation for women, especially uh, single mothers that mm. deal with rheumatoid and all of that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're going to do great things there. I mean, you've started already, and I'm glad that you took all of that. Even though you say you don't want people to remember you as a woman with RA, I think you've taken that power. They're going to remember you as a woman with RA, but beyond that, women that did, took all of those, ex- those experiences and has formed a legacy out of it. And that's more, that's way more memorable. Congratulations. And let me know how I can help you. I mean, if you want me to help you run like ads or promos or just spread the word out, maybe looking oh. for potential oh. benefactors for your foundation. Yeah. yeah, I'll be more than happy to do that for you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, yes. it's nothing. Well, first I have to set up a shop, all the shops, and then we'll work on doing all of those things. That's fine. Take your time. It's an open invitation. You can cash it in any time. <laughs> and um, I, I had just one more question for you but before then I want to say something to your husband Andrew like um, just something you'd like to say to him just in case if we get him to listen to this <laughs> which is another inside joke but um, yeah <laughs> just say something say, some, say something to him like I, I feel like you want to say something oh, to him I I I think I say it all the time, but I really appreciate all the times that he had to wake me up in the morning, take me to the shower, feed me, sometimes get me out of bed, um, and that I love him. 
I love him and I tell him every day. El bebé. El bebé. El bebé. Well, ah, there's a bottom line. Like they didn't make men like this anymore. Like, where are the men of these days? Like, we just have to keep digging. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think your husband is one of those too. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. He is. No, he is. Like, um, maybe because you haven't been in this situation, but like yeah. when I, I became really sick a couple of times while I was living with Taiwan. And yeah. He. Yeah, he's very caring about he, that. Mm. Yeah, he's very caring and he took care of me that time. Yeah, he likes, I mean, his decision to go into med school was because his mom broke her arm and that kind of, you know, like the care she received. Because before then, he didn't know what he wanted to do. So like, as far as giving care to people and being caring, I know he has those elements. I know that I was just, I was just trying to be silly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's very patient in that regard. I'm not very, but that's a different story. So quickly, we went to Mexico. I want to talk a little bit about Shikari before you. I want us to get potential referees <laughs> so we can get um, a limited night, free night at the place. Um, so we went to Cancun oh. together. Um, remember I, I said earlier, guys, that we had a family vacation? So it was myself, Dejara, Hassan, Andres. Who is um seventeen now, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And Taiwan. And some of us we went I mean it was such a wonderful trip. Um from El Paso, we drove well her husband, Andrew, drove us to Juarez and then we crossed the border, um, got to Juarez Airport, took the plane to Mexico City, and then from Mexico City we went to Cancun. And we stayed in a hotel the first three nights. Shitty place. We're not going to mention the name because that's unnecessary pub, um, um, publicity for them. But we found out about this place through another hotel through um, one of those timeshare things. They stop you at the airport. So we decided to just go for the presentation. And that was when our lives changed forever. <laughs> 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 um, you you say it better than I will. But can you tell the listeners just how wonderful that aspect what? the last three days, three nights was spent? Oh, my God. It was, it's the best hotel I've ever been in my life. Yes. What do you want me to say? Just, I don't know. Like, you know how people just say it's the best hotel? I, I believe you. And I know this because we both stayed there. But maybe let's provide a little bit of context. Okay. You know, like, okay, for example, how if, you, if you're if a guest in a hotel, you're a member of the hotel, if you sign up to the membership and all, for their membership and all that, you get access to, you know, those eight other parks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, it's the best hotel ever. Uh, we we decided to do the, the timeshare invitation breakfast, and oh, my God, the buffet was so good. Get all these fresh foods. They're still building some parts of it, but uh, we went to the Casa Espiral. Yeah. And they call, yeah. They call every every building different. So um, we stayed at Casa Espiral. You get your own pool. You get your own um, bathtub that is really nice. Like all the things that are in there are Mexican. Turbo jet, so turbo jet bathtub, by the way. Not just a bathtub. Like it's a hot tub. 
with Hubble Jet, you know, connection, and then the water just spouts out like strong forces. You can just sit in that and, you know, let your sins just wash away. Yeah, and you get your personal, like, little pool outside. With yes. Yeah, with your hammock, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of forest and jungle flora oh, everywhere. It's... It is and they have like food everywhere they're like fruit like fruit, fruit carts like almost every part of the hotel so and they have food trucks you know free of charge they have i don't know how many pools yeah. dad i don't think we even went to like we barely covered the surface we didn't go to the whole place in you know hotel we couldn't have oh, no of course not no we couldn't have it takes days have. probably and they have in the park for example uh -huh. oh jesus we, we did not cover like half of it we did i went in the morning by the way we got there like 10 or 11 there about you know we, we had to start a little bit late because we had to like you know sign in and all of that but as hotel guests and hotel um exclusive members you get access free access to those parks and there are eight of them and without you being a hotel guest some of them could cost you as much as 130 dollars to just get in so you're saving a lot just get just get in food, just get in transportation yeah so there you have the transportation because it comes in and out of the hospital every 20 minutes air conditioned by the way air conditioned i should say yeah. that because in that summer here you need something with ac <laughs> just saying yeah and and the people oh my gosh they, they see you hola la familia welcome home nobody tells me that anymore so i'm suffering <laughs> from a little bit of post-vacation you know depression and then, oh my gosh, they had like more than eight restaurants. I, I'm not even sure I know the figures. It could be more than that. In the pro on the property alone, you know, they had yeah. this um, uh, El Mar Mercado, the market, which is a like buffet. And they had a Chinese place, which we didn't, we didn't explore. I mean, and the smells, the sight, the sound. There's, there's a little bit of engineering, like on your senses that goes on in that place. You're so relaxed, whether you want to be relaxed or not. You know, yeah, it's 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 like uh, you go to another world. That's it, and there could be problems with that because your your inhibitions are so low, and you just don't mind spending money, you know, getting pictures from with dolphins, but you don't care because you've gotten so much out of it. So yes, I I travel a lot, guys. And swimming you. with the dolphins. I'm swimming <laughs> with the dolphins. I travel a lot, as you know, and up until that time before I went to Shikaret. The best experience I had was in Jamaica when I went to a resort, the Hilton Rose in um, Montego Bay. And that was a landmark for me. But when I went to Cancun, and I should say this, that when, you know, because we're supposed to go somewhere else, I think it was, it, we're supposed to do a European, Europe tour, but that didn't really, we didn't plan that very well. So Cancun was uh -huh. like the next one. And I remember when Taiwo told me Cancun, I'm like, oh, Mexico again? Because I've been to Juarez twice with you. And so I should say that I didn't think it was going to be this fantastic. Oh my gosh, why was I wrong? <laughs> over and over again. Cancun. Sorry, and go I ahead. think Taiwo was the most excited of everyone. He was. And it was, although it was great, like yeah. I knew there was a lot of work, like getting up early and, you know, yeah. taking buses and stuff like that. But once we hit that hotel and we found how easy it is, it was worth it. Go to all the places. Yeah. Staying there. It was just. It was you know, worth I it. I can't just kick 
kick back and relax. And relax, yeah. Because then we had to like wake up in the morning, go find the buses ourselves, make sure that we got like a good deal. But this time everything was set up. We just had to show up in front of the lobby and they will set everything up for you. Just call the front desk and tell them what you what you want to do. They schedule your appointment for you. Oh, guess get this guys. They assign you to a person and they set up a WhatsApp group with you and your friends and the person, and that becomes your point of contact. So it's yeah. just a WhatsApp message away. <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and there was room service. You could order anything at any time of the day. We used it twice. One yeah, for a very the, late dinner. Sorry, go ahead. And the food. I mean, oh, even gosh. The room <sighs> Guys. So the first hotel we stayed in had a set menu. You were pretty, basically eating the same thing over and over again. There was, I mean, that was all you got. And the food wasn't good. It was very salty. The vegetables were bitter. And I, I, I ate something that was supposed to be fingers, fish fingers, but didn't taste like fish. They didn't taste like fingers, whatever that meant. But so, I mean, it was such an easy decision leaving this place and moving to Hotel Chicago. I have no regrets. And the next time we go, because we didn't even go to, you know, Shelha, we didn't go to um, Shoshimilko, Explore, Explore for a Go, Savage. And so I want to go back to those places. And so if you guys are interested in being part of this, um, we got it through Timeshare, but it's more than just a Timeshare. Because just even sign up on the, like, the package they have in the hotel enough, you get, you know, some benefits and discounts to stay in the hotel. But it also gives you access to other portals like LCI. It's like book hotels and, and flights, um, hotels around the world. And if you go for like a week, it's $750 flat, you know, for a whole week anywhere in the world you want to go. And it, it's just so many advantages to it. So we did that. We all signed up, you know, for a package. So if you guys are interested in knowing more about that, let me know. We can, you know set you up and disclosure we get some discounts as well when we sign you up so i just wanted to put that out there i didn't know that word yeah. you want to say before i finish this part no no i think i got it all in thanks <laughs> all right and then thanks a lot for um coming on the show really really appreciate you appreciate appreciate your story i um i heard a lot more than i thought i knew so thanks for you know opening up as well about just all of the things you've you've accomplished and things you've gone through to get to where you are today. And, and like I said, you, you just showed off phenomenal. And I know it's going to be upward from here on. And so, yeah, thank you for that, Diana. No, thank you. Thank you for giving me a voice. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, everyone. You heard it from the Mexican American phenomenal Dr. Diana Escobedo. <laughs> if you're in El Paso, I don't know if this is illegal to do that, but she's setting up her practice. If you want to hear more about that as time goes on, let me know. I mean, she hasn't finalized that yet, but there's a lot of um, impact in, on the community that's going to be making, and I'm very excited about that. If you'd like to come on the show to share your story as well, uh, email me on talktomore@mostsible.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mostsible, Twitter at mostsible. I'll just go on the website, www.mostable.com, and I look forward to sharing your story as well. Thank you all for listening to the show, and don't forget to share and leave a comment or two, and just let me know what you thought about the episode. All right, I still remain your host, Mostable. Catch you guys on another episode. All right, lady. Have a Bye. wonderful, wonderful weekend, <laughs> and we'll talk later. Yes. No, well, it's ringing in my ears, and I can't understand why I'm not fixed by now. Begging, I have pleaded, take this pain, but I'm still pleading. I-